All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. It is written in the 27th verse of Genesis chapter 1. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. From the beginning, all of God's children, every body to ever live, was not intended to be filled with hate, slander, distrust, disgust, anger, resentment, malice, etc. Not only that, it can safely be assumed none of these things would ever exist toward one another in the Garden of Eden. So where did humanity go wrong? In chapter 3, with the serpent, the deceiver, the liar. Adam and Eve disobeyed God's one request, and it is written in verses 23 and 24 of chapter 3. So God expelled them from the Garden of Eden and sent them to work the ground, the same dirt out of which they'd been made. He threw them out of the garden and stationed angel cherubim and a revolving sword of fire east of it, guarding the path to the tree of life. What was a perfect union with God was now broken. Since that time, all sorts of evil acts unfolded with no hope for fixation, except one. Prophecies had been foretold of nations being blessed, an eternal kingdom, the virgin birth, a ruler over Israel, a humble servant, a perfect sacrifice, righteousness, one to set the captives free, and so on. God sent his son to offer the free gift of salvation, free to every body to ever live. In the 16th verse of chapter 3 in the book of John, it is written, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Though this world is still in bondage, there's an endless amount of freedom, peace, justice, togetherness, and so on in this everlasting life. The kingdom is near and dear to those who dwell in the presence of Jesus. Only he can truly set the captives free. In the fourth chapter of John, Jesus confronts a Samaritan woman and asks her for a drink of water. It was unthinkable for a Jew to ever speak to a Samaritan, especially a woman. Jesus humbled himself and broke the humanly way of segregation, not only to the woman, but also to all of humanity, doing something nobody today would do, which was to sacrifice himself, to pay the ultimate price for sin, and freely mend the pathway to God. Now why do I say all this? Because we are all created equal and clearly need the reminder every day. This might be hard, but we are going to do an imagery mental exercise right where you're at, with yourself, which includes a minute of silence. Please do not fast forward. I want you to walk into a room with a table and two chairs. As you take one of them, notice you are barefoot and then think of someone you know with a different color skin than you. They will suddenly appear facing you in the other chair. 
you both take a deep breath, perhaps exchange smiles, and stare into each other's eyes without saying anything. If it is already uncomfortable, please remain seated and gather yourself. Notice the color of their skin compared to yours. Now dive inside your mind once again and question if there's anything wrong with them, your perception of them, possible lies which crept into your mind about their ethnicity as a whole, any fears you have of being near them, any ounce of discomfort whatsoever. Uncomfortable yet? Maybe? Just checking. Can you look at them like you would your own skin color? Is your heart broken? With these thoughts in mind, whether present or not, stand up, push in your chair, and walk to where you are both standing two feet from each other. You look down and notice they have removed their shoes. Kneel, put them on your feet, and stand back up. On the count of three, you are going to embrace this person with a hug and remain doing so for the next 60 seconds. During this time, if you need to cry, ask forgiveness, say I love you, say I hear you, say I'm here for you, say I'm not above you, etc., then please do so. Let us begin. One, two, three. If you participated, thank you. All lives are created equal. If you are listening and are of any color, I am with you, I am for you, I am not against you, I hear you, I am not above you, and I love you. You are perfect just the way you are. I would now like to transition into the rest of this episode. So if you're just joining... This podcast is a personal and therapeutic tool that I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me just to process thoughts, explore stories, and just post them for anyone who might be interested. Hopefully along the way they'd inspire someone. I'm not doing this for social gain. Essentially, it's just a mental exercise for me. Give episodes one and two a listen if you'd like to know a little bit more about who I am other than just random stories. If you needed to help you to get to sleep, do it. I should try that. <laughs> My max episode time is 20 minutes. A quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. Here we go. To when I found a citizen watch on the floor of the bus. This was like 2006. I was in 7th grade. 13, 14, maybe even 12. Twelve-year-olds do weird things, like crawl on the floor of a bus. Even freshly graduated seniors in high school do weird things like 
I don't condone anyone to do this, but laying down under multiple seats on a bus. One day after school, I was early to get on the bus. I just decided to, for whatever reason, get down on the floor and look around. And in doing so, I found a watch. It's silver, and it has adjustable wrist links, so you can either make it tighter or looser on your arm. When I found it, it was pretty loose. And then I figured out how to make it tighter by removing one or two of the links. Sadly, for whatever reason, in like the last at least 10 years, I've removed the links and put them back on more than twice. I've started to bend the pins that go inside, and I've kind of started to ruin that watch a little bit. Maybe what I could do is, like, put different bands on it. I should do that. It's cool when you have, like, ideas of stuff that you should do, and you write them down, you keep track of them, and you go back and visit them. Because in the moment when you think of it, you're like, that would be super cool. But somewhere in, like, the last year and a half or two years, I've stopped doing that. I think I've just been like prioritizing what's actually important, what would be important for me to visit, and what would be just like kind of worthless. It's okay to have things to want to do, but just be like mindful of where you spend your time because you only have 23 hours and 56 minutes in a day. And how you budget that time determines how good of a human being you are. I'm absolutely kidding. That was a joke. I don't really like jokes like that, but I just made a joke. Every now and then, like, a good joke. It's like a glass of cold water that's refreshing. Every time I drink water, it's not refreshing, as sometimes it is otherwise. That is, wow! I don't even know what just happened with my thoughts. I guess other than the lesson of writing down cool ideas, don't be afraid to explore. Just because it's weird if you're sitting on a bus to, like, look underneath the seat to see if, like, there's something down there. What if there were a million dollars down there? I'm not saying that I would keep it. I would turn it in in a heartbeat. You never know what you'll find. Or maybe you'd find a note that says, you are loved. Don't be afraid to do things. If something sounds weird, a theme that I've been coming across talking about these stories is don't be afraid to do things. Don't worry what other people think about you. I mean, I've known that for a while. There's a couple cool themes in it, in this. So let's just move on to our next topic. To when I rode a dirt bike through a bean field. (laughs) 2014, let's say I was like 20 or 21. Oh my goodness, I'm, I forgot. I'm jumping back again. Oh my goodness, John Michael. Although I did leave my disclosure going on tangents. In seventh grade, I was living in northern Colorado, Fort Collins. So the dirt bike, the bean field, if you've been listening to my stories, you know by now that I lived on a farm in eastern Iowa. One year, my uncle decided to buy a dirt bike. It was a Honda dirt bike. It was a small engine, made a very loud noise like all a lot of dirt bikes do. But it was cool. It's the only time I rode a dirt bike, and it's cool that I know how to ride a dirt bike. He bought the dirt bike because when you live on a farm, you occasionally want to check on your crops. And he bought the dirt bike so he could go out to ride through the rows of the beans. 
and check on the plants and see if they are like bugs or anything or if they were dying or wilting or whatever or if they just looked great. Soybeans are pretty cool. Plants are pretty cool. And I remember him saying like when he was harvesting his soybeans that he would just take a handful of the freshly harvested soybeans and like snack on them. I don't remember snacking on soybeans, but I remember snacking on freshly harvested corn. If you ever get the chance to do that, it's great. But the specific thought of when I was riding this dirt bike through a bean field, the beans got so tall that they started getting caught in the chain. If you don't know anything about dirt bikes, but you know about bicycles, they look very similar and operate somewhat similarly that they both have a chain. The beans, well, not the beans themselves, but the bean leaves were getting caught in the chain and just like clogging it up. A bunch of them would get stuck and you'd have to stop. Also, I think my shoes were green because like the bean leaves were getting ripped apart. Like liquid from inside the the leaves was green. It's like if you've ever mowed mowed the lawn and it's kind of still wet, it leaves like this green residue. Which I wonder what that would taste like if you made it into a smoothie. I guess you can do that with like kale or spinach. If you want to venture with me on that, we should try that. Just like get a bunch of grass. (laughs) Make a grass smoothie. Just grass and water. Okay, next topic to when I spend Christmas in Iowa. This isn't like any specific year. It was, well, it was definitely like when I was younger and lived in Colorado. Now I kind of rotate years where I spend Christmas. Currently it's it's between Washington, Colorado, and Iowa. Christmas in Iowa is a super special time. And it was sweet because I got to spend Christmas with like my uncle's family and then Christmas with my aunt's family. Just family. Family is family. Love is love. Christmas to me definitely isn't about getting gifts. Over time, it's definitely changed, and by now, you've probably picked up that I love Jesus, and I'm into Jesus, and church, and the Bible. So now Christmas to me is like, it's a time not only that I'm celebrating with my family, wherever I'm at, I'm celebrating Jesus. I think one year I celebrated Christmas alone. I don't remember. Spending Christmas in Iowa is this tender, joyful moment where like I'm not really thinking about anything else I guess when I boil it down I'm spending time with people who love me spending time with people who love you is priceless and it's oh so easy in those moments to watch them pass by to not really think about them anymore a lot of times during Christmas I'd be on my phone and I'd kind of miss what was going on but yeah Christmas is sweet Not just Christmas in Iowa, but Christmas all the time is sweet. And like music that comes with Christmas and just the the emotions that come with Christmas. Spend time with people you love. Spend time with people who love you. And if you don't have those people, try to cultivate relationships with people who will love you and people who you will love. Ow, my, my wrist just cracked as I made a gesture with my wrist. (laughs) And I guess this next topic is kind of a 
I mean, it's similar. It's very, very similar. But it's not exactly the same story. To when family gatherings mean more than being together. This one I also don't have a date for because it's just like it. It's multiple times. And family gatherings, gosh, there are so many of them. The other day I, I went down the street to pick up a package that was dropped off to my sister's house because apparently the delivery company said that my address did not exist, which was unfortunate, so I had them deliver it at my sister's house, which that's another reason why it's close. It's good to live close by to people you love because you can have packages dropped off at their house. <laughs> I went to pick up the package, and my nephew opened the door and handed me my package, and like we, we didn't say a whole bunch to each other, but we laughed and we shared a smile. That's a family gathering. As simple as that and as short as that to like going to a hockey game with family, going camping with family, going hiking with family, living with family. There's a lot that I didn't mention. It means more than just being together. You're all sharing something that you love. I don't know, like cookies, You're bake, say baking with your family. Don't try to live life alone. There are thousands of opportunities for you to meet other people, spend time with other people. And I understand that it's hard if you have struggled, struggled if you've struggled from depression, <laughs> if you've struggled from depression, which I have, I understand that wanting to be alone to yourself is like, one of the biggest things. I've been alone so much that now I'm in this habit of like not wanting to be with a lot of people, which is hard. But like at the same time, I'm doing okay. And that's what matters. But like I grieve for those who are in that place. Just know that you don't have to be alone. Whether or not you're alone is a choice. You can choose to not be alone. I encourage you, I challenge you, if you are alone, to reach out to someone. Be like, hey, I feel alone. Can you help me? Just know that you're loved. I love you. Whether or not I know you. I know that sounds weird and uh, whatever, but I do care for you. There are people who care for you. You are treasured, you are valued, and you are adored. You got this, dude or dudette. <laughs> you rock. You're awesome. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning in to this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. Hello and welcome to Flying My Airplane. Hello and welcome to Flying in My Airplane. Thanks for listening. 